0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Barter miles and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me, as per usual, is uh, my co-host, associate editor and streaming enthusiast, which will matter very much for this topic, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. I... I
1: I honestly don't understand why everyone in the entertainment industry isn't obsessed with streaming. I'm not going to lie. I mean, this is the biggest change in how people get their entertainment since 1955 when television became when television first before really you, started. Before you to... do
0: your clearly prepared speech, could you maybe tell <laughs> the people what the topic of this episode is?
1: That wasn't a completely prepared speech. That's just, like, real. Like, uh, honestly, I'm just saying, like, I don't understand. TV was the last time that entertainment... Before you go on your <laughs> (laughs) rant,
0: which I just have been prepared for this. I've got like a book um, sitting next to me because I don't think I'm going to have to talk that much this week. uh, Tell the people what this episode is about.
1: So we're going back to talking about streaming. Um, The last time we did a streaming episode, uh, sort of an overview of streaming services was uh, in 2020. It was called Streaming Services
0: for Anglophiles. And this one will be very imaginatively titled Streaming Services for Anglophiles
1: 2. (laughs) So basically, um when the last time we did one of these was right after everyone had sort of, you know, dumped out their new streaming service. We, I think we did it like the week after Peacock debuted, you know, and HBO max had arrived like a month before Quibi the month before that, uh, you know, Apple TV plus and Disney plus had arrived within days of each other back in November. Um, so we had like a whole lot of stuff to talk about and the way that our content is you know, and our shows are being delivered to us. It changed drastically, and it's still changing. You know, it's two years later. We've had more streaming services arrive, like Discovery Plus um, and Paramount Plus, which used to be CBS All Access, but also like expanded massively when it changed its branding. Um, and then there's stuff that's uh that we Discovery Plus actually bought hbo and hbo max so they're gonna combine so there's just there's so much that's changing and so much that's that's that that's you know basically made it so that our episode two years ago is out of date so it's time for us to sort of go back and talk about what were um what what's happening in the world of streaming and you really did bring a book that's hilarious i
0: have have several books next to me at all times people send me Uh,
1: people send me a lot of books because
0: I (laughs) I write book reviews. So I'm going through the stack of books to my left while Annie talks.
1: Um, And, you know, as I said, I'm amazed by people who aren't big into streaming because streaming is...
0: In the defense of those people, it can, I think, be really overwhelming to try to keep up with not just sort of like the influx of new streamers, which is usually also just old streamers that have changed their name and put a plus at the end of it, (laughs) but like where is that thing you want to watch located? Because sometimes that can either be hard to determine, hard to keep track of, or it changes. And so I, I understand, I understand people who are just, who are the reason all those like Google guys exist when you just Google like name of the show, where is it streaming? Because it's really like, for an average person who doesn't think about this that often like it's over it's it can be very overwhelming i think
1: and especially since things are changing so fast and especially because things are consolidating um like i said you know uh, I dist- mean do
0: you know how long it took me to figure out that we had access to peacock for free because we have comcast cable like a year
1: yeah peacock was really bad at marketing that they
0: still are really bad at like marketing their own existence sorry peacock which actually to be fair is a really great like it, it honestly like for people who are interested in the kind of content we're interested in Peacock is like a weird little hidden gem like they actually get a lot of things but nobody knows that because they don't tell anyone and it's really hard to use their service. The only thing that Peacock
1: advertises is all of their sports things because they think that's the only thing they have that sells and it's incredibly frustrating. All of the uh, all of the press releases I get for them are things like WWE and it's like no. You know you have the capture. Um this this month they deli- they they debuted Trigger Point which is the new Jed Mercutio show.
0: Right? And theoretically like that should be the bodyguard too. Yes.
1: I mean it's not.
0: The plots totally different. Um and clearly but like that should be the same sort of buzzy thing for them. And And it's not. I don't think anybody knows that it's in America.
1: Right? It's frustrating as heck. And so is, um, you know, HBO and HBO Max have also struggled a lot. A lot of people didn't understand that if they have HBO, they simply had HBO Max. Like, just they just had it. Like, you just, you just sign in like you would with your cable provider and you had HBO Max. It took literally Warner Brothers uh, Pictures sacrificing an entire year's worth of theatrical debuts to streaming to get caught up. And even then... They Warner Media then basically was sold to Discovery, and now they are Warner Discovery, Warner Media Discovery, Warner Brothers Discovery, something to that effect. It's it's ridiculous. And the thing is, is that most people don't even know that that's happened, or that those are going to combine, or that if you have HBO Max, you can basically get Discovery Plus for free now. Like they don't know these things because nobody is marketing it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And plus, I mean, in just, like, a larger 50,000-foot view, there's just so much stuff. Like, there's so much content. Oh, yeah, That I can't be mad at people for not, for just being like, I can't, I'm not, like, what is that tweet? Like, sorry, but I'm not reading all of that. Like, I'm really (laughs) happy that happened for you or happened to you or I'm sad or whatever the appropriate
1: reaction is. It's pretty much that. And... And the thing is, is that it's up to these streamers to basically get in people's faces and let them know that the stuff is there and they're not doing it. They seem to think that just because they exist is enough. And that's really frustrating. You know, for Anglophiles, we've had several, like, dedicated niche streamers for us for a couple of years now, Um acorn tv has been around for a really long time britbox us debuted in 2016 2017 something like that and they've basically been sort of a go-to um acorn tv is actually owned by amc networks which also owns bbc america so there's a whole like synergy thing going there that you know that uh, anglophiles can kind of glam onto amazon also has a lot of stuff but they're so badly organized you wouldn't even know
0: yeah their their
1: ui is so terrible so terrible um but i think the the big news um for anglophiles here oh and of course um i should i i cannot go without mentioning pbs passport um pbs passport is probably the most stable of the streamers right now partly because it's just pbs stuff um and it's and and it's all like within its own brand it isn't trying to one of the things like netflix keeps losing things because it basically brings in stuff from third-party production companies pbs doesn't do that it's all the stuff that was on your pbs station so it doesn't move
0: I mean, some of the some of the ancillary things that are sort of Passport exclusives that you know have, like uh, for example, Broadchurch is mm. available on PBS Passport right now, but it has had many homes and many masters, and that is not content that PBS either you know has a stake in or made. They're just licensing it. So there's a there are layers to all of it as always, and it's. The kind of stuff that if somebody out there really wants us to do an inside baseball episode on, we could, but I'm going to try not to bore you guys with it because I've worked here for a decade and it still makes my head hurt.
1: So, yeah. The thing is, th- the point, though, is is that most of PBS Passport is very stable because it draws almost, it draws so much from its own well. And places that don't draw from their own well, like Netflix, are the ones that have turnover every single month. Um. And I don't know if everybody reads my streaming post on a regular monthly basis, but like this month, Netflix didn't even have any British content come in. Like just none.
0: Well, it's July. It's Stranger Things or nothing.
1: Right. I know. Um, And I, as much as I love the fact there are undercover Brits in there, like it's just not really our thing. Um, and the thing with the thing with uh. Netflix, is that for a really long time, it lent very heavily on the BBC and ITV to give it basically a wash of content every month to sort of like backfill so that it always had a lot of titles. And as it's concentrated more on originals, that backfill has kind of washed out and ended up other places. Um, I think a really good example is that, like, a really long time ago, you used to be able to watch, like, all the Monty Dons on Netflix. And now the only place I know to find it is on Pluto TV, which happens to carry random channels like BBC Food and BBC Life. Or, I'm sorry, BBC Home and Garden. And, like, that's where... I have where... no
0: idea what Pluto TV is.
1: Pluto TV is a free app that basically shows reruns all day long. Okay. I know. It's weird. Like it's it's one of those ones that you don't have to pay any money for it. You just download it, set it, forget it. And if you really, really love like, I don't know, old BBC cooking shows, you basically have a channel that runs them 24-7, 365 or BBC. Like if you love Monty Don's gardening shows like 24-7, 365.
0: See, I was thinking I was thinking more of how Downton Abbey used to be on Netflix. And now Downton Abbey is on Peacock. And also, also PBS Passport for the show version, not the movie version, but all of it's on Peacock, which is weird.
1: Well, that's because Peacock is owned by NBC Univers is part of NBC Universal's Comcast, and Comcast owns Focus Features, which made the Downton Abbey movies, and it also owns Carnival Films, which made the Downton Abbey TV show. That's why they're all on Peacock. This is what Kay. when I when when I say that te- when I say the dreaded phrase vertical integration that you hate so much. That's what I'm talking about. When when one basically when one arm of a monopoly makes a thing and the other arm of the monopoly then has the like solo rights to it because the because it's all it's that's vertical integration. Disney is the worst on that or the best depending on which way you want to think of it. Um, Disney Plus is probably the least um, useful streamer to Anglophiles and continues to remain so. Um, I, I mostly bring it up because in a couple of years when we have to come back and do uh, streaming services for Anglophiles 3, that is probably going to change. They also own Hulu. Most people don't know that. And Hulu is eventually hulu as we as anglophiles know has great bbc3 uh co-productions it brings in um it brings in a lot of stuff from like uh itv a lot of old about a lot of reality shows and the kind of be the kind of british programming that we over in pbs pretend don't exist um <laughs> you know like love island <laughs> well no it's true like that that's what hulu gets it it basically goes it goes and it gets all of the reality television and and kind of the junky stuff that you the the the, the brain candy stuff from from british programming and it, that's its backfill but because disney owns both eventually those two are going to merge in some way and disney plus will probably be more of something that anglophiles have to care about but at this point the only thing they have is uh they're remaking the full monty as a television show and they've already run into issues like i believe one of the one of the original actors hugo speer got fired um for like things for for bad behavior of some sort that was not actually Ah. mentioned so you know like that's their only british content right now unless you want to like watch benedict cumberbatch struggle with an american accent (laughs)
0: um wait, we start with Di- we're disney plusing that's where we yeah disney that's Plus D-
1: that, that, that's basically- I'm just like
0: mo- i mean like most people are gonna have disney plus uh, which is sort of unfortunate because most people are probably gonna have disney plus for like star wars things and marvel things and all of that stuff but there's just not like a lot
1: no uh their nat geo does sometimes get some of the david attenborough like uh earth stuff but most of that is owned by BBC America and is either licensed to discovery or part of the AMC networks world. Like, so yeah, even, even, even that stuff is, is very, you know, if you love watching star Wars, if you love watching Marvel, yeah, sure. Disney plus is great, but for the hardcore Anglophiles, it's really like the lowest on the totem pole. Um, uh, along with uh, the CW has its own streaming service, and that is also really low on the totem pole. Most people don't even know it exists.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the C- the CW's seed is free though. That's so true. That it's it's a bonus in in that it's free, and it has a lot of sort of fun nostalgia things. If you if you enjoyed CW programming in the past, or like WB programming in the past, or like
1: it's like Pluto that way.
0: Yeah, like it's it's not a. It's fine. Like, also, I have it because it lets you watch their shows the next day. And I watch all the CW shows. So it's helpful in that sense. But it's not a streaming service in the way that, like, AM- it doesn't have a plus behind it yet. Let's put it that way.
1: That's true. And that's partly because uh, the CW is co-owned by uh, Viacom and Warner Media. So right now, because it's 50-50, they can't really... Somebody has to break on that and they have to decide like who gets what, um, because right now that's why it's basically it doesn't have a plus behind it. You don't pay for it. Um, it does have Leonardo coming, which is an interesting choice. I, I'm so ready.
0: I, it's so clear that they just pick that up for like summer filler, mm-hmm. but I don't care because I'm going to watch it and i have loved their terrible historical shows in the past. Rain is amazing even <laughs> though no one wore that many headbands in the 14th century.
1: Um i also find that the CW um it, it because it's half owned by Warner Media, it has started doing things like Wellington Paranormal is all on HBO Max and Wellington Paranormal was airing weekly on the CW. And that's they they basically have have tried to sort of supplement and see if they can get like young viewers into like these sorts of programs. I mean, what we do in the shadows is very popular over on Hulu and, uh, Welling's paranormal is basically the spinoff of the New Zealand original. And so they're hoping to sort of get that same sort of like young audience to get into it and then come to HBO max. But as far as I can tell, it's not really working.
0: Um, basically they just try to play it as like, it's sort of what we do in the shadows, but with like other supernaturally things, And it's not as good as what
1: we do in the show? No, it's really not, which is part of the problem. Um, But I I do get what they're trying to do with it. I just don't think it's working. I think they needed something stronger. What they probably should really do is put that uh, our flag means death on the CW. But they probably won't. I I do love our flag means death, even though it's sort of... um, I believe the phrase that was used recently was transatlantic pudding. Um, <laughs> which
0: I actually is, haven't watched that yet, but I will get to it. I promise.
1: It, 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 it's British-ish, <laughs> um, and and and, it, and it's a period piece, and it's it's an LGBTQ love story, and it's wonderful. And I, I really feel like everyone should watch it, even though it's sort of like very sidecar to Arlene here. <laughs> Like I would say, House of the Dragon is probably closer to what we talk about than our flag means death, which is kind of sad.
0: Annie is really determined to get us to cover House of the Dragon this year, even though it's not British. But uh, we'll uh, see.
1: We'll see. Um, I, 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 just have such bad feelings about it. Um, which brings me. Let's let let's use that as the segue to talk about HBO Max and HBO, which are becoming far more indistinguishable from each other as every month passes.
0: I actually don't think it's even worth it to try to talk about them as as if they're separate things because you have both. The problem is is that they don't do enough good marketing about the stuff that's only available on HBO Max mm-hmm. versus the stuff you can watch on linear broadcast. Like, that's a problem because a lot of really good stuff is only available, like, to stream. Yeah. But I don't think it's worth d- trying to, to, to thread that needle.
1: No. I mean... HBO Max has such great British programming. It has I Hate Susie and I Hate Susie 2 is coming soon. Is that coming this year or next year? Um, I believe that the initial
0: announcement said something about Christmas. So people are or the holiday season. So people are assuming it will it will arrive around Christmas time in sort of like an anti-Christmas special way.
1: That would be I don't know awesome. if that
0: means it will come here at that time, but I suspect that's when it will be on in the UK.
1: Okay. Um. You know they have they have the 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 other version of the Great British Bake Off, the Great Pottery Throwdown, which gets better every single season. I, I, I one day I will get Lacey to watch this show, I swear. Um, sure. You know they had murders at White House Farm. They have they have really good stuff that's just sort of hidden away. Um, but what you guys all hear about are the Gilded Age and um, Gentleman Jack, though not nearly enough, clearly since I right know
0: which has been canceled, but. Uh, I'm so frustrated by that.
1: I mean, because it was such a
0: good show. And I know, but the thing is, is that they know. Again, it comes back to not to not to beat this horse that's been dead in in the yard for a while. But like, it was a three-year gap between the first season and the second season, and they did not promote the coming back for season two like at all.
1: No, they didn't. You know, and what they do promote are things like the Time Traveler's Wife, which. You know, Which has
0: thankfully also been canceled.
1: Thankfully. Um, but it's really, it's frustrating because they do have really good British programming hidden away in there. And what most people only ever know about is the stuff that makes it to linear. Uh, Julia is a great example of the stuff that makes it to linear that, that, you know, it's technically, it's not British, but it stars Sarah Lancashire um, as Julia Child. She's great in it. Um But, you know, those are the things you hear about. You don't hear about the the smaller stuff, Um, which also the other thing is that HBO Max has a tendency to drop the British stuff they bring over in binge format, whereas the linear stuff comes weekly. So the linear stuff also has the week to week marketing and the recaps that get it more attention than stuff that arrives all at once
0: um doesn't it also have some reality show about dogs
1: oh yes it does um i love the dog reality show it's actually one of my favorites um they have i mean that's the thing is they have so much stuff and and you don't even like you don't even know it um they have reality shows the kind of stuff that you would find on hulu have started to come to hbo and hbo max and that is also i think somewhat due to the Discovery um um merger because Discovery Plus is very much reality show um oriented. There they actually picked up the repair shop when it left Netflix. And they are showing it linearly on Discovery and in batches on Discovery Plus. Um which if, I don't know if you've ever watched the Repair Shop. It's basically like Antiques Roadshow meets Great British Bake Off.
0: That is so far from my lane
1: um but it, it basically it, it's such a lovely little reality show and it's the kind of thing that would fit perfectly with uh the great pottery throwdown and i it, the only reason i can see discovery plus picking it up the way it has and really committing to it like taking all nine seasons is to basically because they're planning to pair those two together eventually um At least HBO and Discovery, when they merge, which will probably be in time for, I don't know, streaming services for Angle Files 3. um, Ah. (laughs) um, At least they are trying to sort of compete by being big, because that sort of seems to be the way that you compete in this new landscape. You can't be small. You know, you have to be, you know, Disney Plus plus Hulu plus whatever the sports thing is that they put with that bundle. Um, you have to have FX on Hulu. You have to have, you know, you have to have Apple TV. You have to have Peacock. You have to be that size. And the only one that really isn't doing that is AMC. Hmm.
0: But they're a weird, but AMC. Lord bless them. Are such a weird. It's such a weird like Frankenstein together of multiple brands that. It does get sort of that scope effect, but not in the traditional way.
1: Yeah. Um. So basically, AMC Networks has, like, I think six streamers altogether. Acorn TV is kind of the flagship that they bought, plus they have AMC+, Plus, which is their personal flagship. And
0: which theoretically is
1: an umbrella in which you can
0: watch everything else, I think. But they're not super clear about that.
1: Well, the thing is, is that they don't, because Acorn TV was was a purchase instead of a ground up. A lot of the stuff that Acorn TV has the rights to AMC plus does not and Uh. vice versa. Like I think a really great example is the, the crest files that just came out. The trailer for it is on Acorn TV and you can watch it on Acorn TV outside the United States, but in the United States it only shows on AMC plus and Sundance now because they can't cross it over to Acorn TV in in this country i know right like and that's sort of why their frankenstein thing works but doesn't
0: and it's for but that's actually i just think really annoying because i think that consumers i don't think consumers mind spending like five bucks a month on a bunch of different screener screeners streamers whatever they are but it's just it's so hard to keep track of them.
1: yes and, you know, having AMC Plus as sort of the umbrella is a great idea in that way because they sort of draw the best from each one. Um, so like it has it has BBC America, it 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 um AMC Plus uh, uh co streamed Killing Eve, it co streams Doctor Who, um it uh from Sundance Now, it uh co streamed uh the press files and 10%. But then it sort of left like some of the other stuff a little, you know, some of Sundance TV's other stuff like State of the Union, um, you know, Bottomless Brunch. Those are the kinds of things that don't really need to be like those those are very niche. And so I don't think they wound up on AMC Plus, like the really niche stuff they sort of leave to each one. And they ha- and Sundance TV is a very niche streamer, as is WeTV, as is what are the other ones? Shudder, which is all horror. Yeah, Shudder Um, is horror. IFC, which is movies, I think. I don't think IFC has any television shows. Um, And then, of course, uh, BBC America, which is, you know, supposed to be British television in America. But most of the time... And
0: it's like 60% Star Trek to the next generation.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Love you. Love you, Patrick Stewart.
1: I know, but that's one of the things that I find really frustrating also about just the way things have sort of shook out, is that certain channels have sort of lost what their point was. Um, BBC America being the most obvious.
0: Yeah, like, I could not tell you what, like, I could not tell you what, like, AMC's central identity
1: is. Yes, that is correct. Um, It used to be American movie classics a really, really, really long time ago in the 80s. Oh
0: my gosh, it did. And then it was really like, we make prestige TV and that was their thing because they did Mad Men and Breaking Bad and uh, I don't know, what was that one with Lee Payne, Halt and Catch Fire, like all of of those kinds of very like, they win Emmys and have incomprehensible trailers that tell you nothing about the next episode that's coming up. But now there's like seven Walking Dead shows.
1: Yep. That's basically all they are now. They're like the Walking Dead channel. Um, Though they are also getting into vampires. uh, Yeah, they're
0: they're mining the Anne Rice IP. Although, to be fair, I am really excited for the Mayfair Witches show they're doing because The Witching Hour is one of her underrated underrated books, in my opinion.
1: The thing about the Anne Rice stuff is that it will be sort of one of these transatlantic pudding things where you have all British actors and it will feel like a British type show, even though it's American and that, you know, like Dickinson is a perfect example of that, that we got on uh, Apple TV plus of the sort of show that is that, 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 that should be British, but isn't. And I feel like that's kind of almost where AMC is sort of leaning now because it has Acorn, because it has BBC America because shows like the press files are the it's it's success stories here. Um, this is sort of they're gonna lean into British esque programming or, or, or actual British programming like um like the, the, the what was the witches one? The the Oh, Discovery of Witches. Discovery of Witches, thank you. Um, Yeah, Discovery of Witches is a perfect example. That was a British show that they brought over. They found good success with it. They found good success with Kin. They found good success with a lot of, like, Gangs uh, of London. Gangs of
0: London. Yeah. They've brought, like, they've, it's really, it's very strange because, like, if you look at their lineup, it's a real hodgepodge of, like, a lot of, of like when I was talking about sort of Mad Men and Breaking Bad a minute ago, all of those things were very kind of... they weren't The shows had almost nothing in common, but sort of like their tone and their vibe was very sort of thematically similar. There's no real through line to a lot of these offerings, which is, I think, something that they need to kind of work out because it's literally like you get Kin, which is a gangster drama, which is great, and Gangs of London, which is a gangland drama, which is great, but also you've got like the North Water, which is like Colin Farrell on like a whaling ship. (laughs) And... I mean, it's kind of cool, it was like the terror but without the monsters. But I mean it's got it's got such an eclectic mix of things that I don't think it knows what its identity is yet. And if its identity is eclectic mix of things, that's fine, but they need to do a better job of telling people that the stuff is there. Because again, like I think AMC gets the award for like our streaming conglomeration is the most confusing <laughs> because it is so confusing. i mean it's like amazon's is bad simply because their search search function is bad but once once you find it it's easy yeah but like figuring out where things are in the hierarchy of like amc and its sub brands like it's incredibly it's incredibly unnecessarily messy yeah
1: um Speaking of Apple TV and who
0: Dickies. gets my gold star for most improved since last time we did this episode.
1: Oh, my Lord, have mercy. Apple TV Plus is leaning into British content.
0: Apple did not come to play is what I'm saying.
1: I mean, honestly, like and, and this is one of those. OK, so 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 inside baseball moment when when Warner Media was snapped up by AT&T before it was sold to discovery. A ton of people all left behind the scenes from, from HBO and HBO Max, and all of them went to Apple TV. Like, all of them. And that is why I think Apple TV has improved so much, because they suddenly got this influx of people who knew what they were doing.
0: Um, They have such... when the, When Apple TV launched, they only launched with, like, 10 shows, and it took them a long time to really... Um, because unlike most other streamers, Apple doesn't have like a back catalog of things.
1: Right. Because they're not a production studio. Yeah,
0: yeah. like it doesn't have access to like a bajillion movies or, or or older shows or anything. So it's all it's got is its original. So it took it a while to really build up a bunch of content. And I will fully admit that some of the shows it launched with were like not great shows. Nope. But thank you to Ted Lasso for... Coming yeah. along and making Apple cool because or at least at least proof of concepting that Apple TV could make shows that were both critical and commercial successes. Yes. Because um, we yeah, love you
1: because Dickinson Dickinson was a critical success, but I'm not sure it was a commercial success. I
0: know it was definitely not like my my husband watched Ted Lasso and loves it. I don't think he could pick out. I mean, he knows who Haley Stanfield is, but, or Steinfeld, 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 whatever her name is. He knows who Haley, <laughs> Kate Bishop, Kate Bishop is <laughs> because of, because of Hawkeye and because of Pitch Perfect, but he has not watched one minute of
1: Dickinson. <laughs> yeah. Um, Apple TV Plus has so much good stuff coming, is the, th- the it thing. It does.
0: And, and it's, and it's even got like good stuff on there that has arrived since the last time we talked about it. Uh, I, Ted Lasso, obviously. Um, uh, the, Essex, the Essex Serpent, which I actually was really, like, unhappy with the ending with because they changed it from the book in a very specific way that I don't like, but it's really, like, well done. It looks incredible. It's got Tom Hiddleston and Claire Danes, and they spent money on this as their first period piece, and it looks great, and it's a really, I think, solid stake in the ground for what the stuff they make going forward will look like. Trying is in its third season now, which is coming this summer, and it's
1: adorable. And Trying is one of the ones that they had early on that they, that they didn't market enough, I felt. And when it finally did, and, and now finally with season three, it's starting to catch on. With Ted Lasso season three being delayed, they're putting Trying season three in its slot. And I think that's a really smart move because I think people will find it more now. Um, they also have Slow Horses, which is this kind of weirdo show. It's like a dark comedy espionage yeah. drama.
0: It's weird. It's I I made it through maybe the first episode and that's as far as I've gotten. I don't know if it's for me, but I think it's for a lot of people.
1: It was totally my lane and I watched all I watched all the episodes in like one sitting and I'm not usually a binger. Um I, I, and I, I actually like almost missed it. And it was only because we covered it here. And then uh, Lacey noted that it got two more seasons. And so it's already like extended through season four. So I was like, all right, fine. I need to check this out. And then the next thing I knew I'd watch the entire first season.
0: The other thing is that's great about Apple is that Apple has a lot of money. Oh, my God. So
1: that means, so that, and they're not that
0: particularly interested in, they just want you to watch something on their stuff. They're not particularly, like, that precious about what that thing is. So it's really, they are willing to give.
1: I mean, for heaven's sakes, Ted Lasso is based on a series of commercials from 2006.
0: Well, (laughs) I was more going to say that they, they don't tend to, do that thing where they cancel stuff after a season Uh, like it has the only thing they've really canceled is um oh what was it with joseph gordon levitt it was called like mr mr cormac or mr mr corman and it was horrible like it was just really bad and they canceled that and that's one of the only things i can think of that they haven't at least given multiple seasons to
1: yeah I mean, Dickinson is canceled, but uh, I mean,
0: Dickinson and Dickinson ended. Yes. I think that's the I think that's the difference there. Yeah is that Dickinson ended on its own terms.
1: Yeah, but I mean, just the, the amount of shows we have on uh, movies that we have covered in the last, I don't know, three months that are coming to Apple is really impressive. We have Idris Elba coming in Hijack, which is a show he is producing. Uh, Noah Fielding from Baking Show is doing a a, a period piece comedy um, about a real life- About uh, pirates? I don't know. It's very weird. No, no, no. A, re- a real life highwayman. Um, right. Oh, his
0: outfit definitely looks like a pirate. That's it why does. I guessed pirate.
1: Um, we have Jesse Bu- there's the Jesse Buckley uh Riz Ahmed science fiction movie that's coming um which is called Fingernails. I don't quite know why. Um, but the big thing that I'm excited about is that they picked up Edith Wharton's Buccaneers.
0: The Buccaneers I'm so excited about this cuz it's going to look like so it it's going to look so good. Oh my god. I really I really um enjoyed the like one from the the 90s with <laughs> uh Mira Sorvino was completely miscast in it but it's great. I yeah. really like that's a that's prime for a new version and I think that they're going to spend the money on it to make it awesome. Yeah.
1: This, this is this is the kind of thing I wanted to see. Uh, uh Bridgerton basically like create I wanted it to create the space for shows like this to, sp- to basically spring up and I'm you know because this is basically sort of like Bridgerton but it's based on either Wharton it's got like the cred so that Apple TV feels like they are being you know highbrow and it's also just a great freaking story and I feel like they're really going to do justice to it and I'm I'm really excited about that.
0: Also, they have a show coming that will force me to watch a detective drama because that detective drama will stall Peter will star Peter Cavaldi. Oh, is that so, is that the one with Kushkiambo? Yep. Oh. It's called it's called or going to be called Criminal Record, and it sounds incredibly like every other police procedural. Like he's a gruff old timer veteran. She's an up-and-coming new spy. <laughs> feisty youngster, they clash. I don't know. I don't even know what, like, that's basically the vibe I get from it. I don't care. I will literally watch Peter Capaldi read the phone book. so I'm (laughs) in.
1: Um, If if Apple TV gets most improved, Peacock at least gets a gold star for starting to lean into more British stuff. I mean, I like
0: that, that, that the, what do you always talk about, like the maw of content yes the gaping law of content (laughs) like i think that that they've by necessity had to acquire a lot of that stuff Mm -hmm. because they just they need something um and they don't have access to like they they have a pretty large back catalog they have a, re- a handful of really interesting originals, like Rutherford Falls, is is good, and so is what is it, Girls, Girls Five Ever, and Girls Five Ever is so good. I love that. Uh, we are Lady Parts, but I think that might actually be British that they imported.
1: Um, yes, um, We Are Lady Parts is actually an import. Um, I don't actually think it's UK though. I think it might be. Um, I forget. Anyway, no, maybe it's UK, not American. Yes, it's not. I don't American. think it's
0: American, but like, like they need something, so they've been out here acquiring a really you know what it is it feels very much a little bit like what i was talking about about amc before it's such a scattershot approach to things that it's hard to it's hard to know what to expect when you go to look for something to watch there because it's it's just like a lot of things that are really not like the other things
1: to be utterly rude it feels like well that worked for those streamers so let's try one (laughs) so yeah. everything I know about love is totally well Hulu had a great success with normal people oh no I'm sorry everything I everything I know
0: about love is starstruck it's 100% they're trying to do starstruck okay on HBO
1: Um, uh, trigger point is obviously the bodyguard too. the capture is also in that sort of bodyguard vein of uh, of 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 those kinds of thriller things that work like it really does feel like they are trying these things worked for other streamers so we're going to try them but that's not the end of the world i mean honestly the thing that peacock has that nobody else does is that they have live streaming of events in a way that no other streaming service has conquered i don't know and that's why they show all their sports but it's also why they had eurovision you know netflix tried to go after eurovision and eurovision was like wait you can't air things as they happen and netflix was like no we have no idea how to do that and so they didn't get eurovision
0: Nobody wants that from Netflix, so I get it.
1: Yeah, it's true. But it's also that, you know, Peacock has one thing that most other streamers do not, which is that ability to show things live. And it's why it has so much potential, even though it markets itself so poorly.
0: It definitely gets demerits for its lack of ability to market itself because listeners in the dark out there ask yourself how many of those shows i just mentioned that are on peacock that are really good that you've even heard of let alone watched it's probably not many
1: i know about rutherford falls but that's because um i work in this industry same with we are lady parts like i go around telling people to watch we are Lady parts and they're like what is that like is that a is that is that a murder show and i'm like no
0: (sighs) um I'm sorry. I'm trying to think about like what the murder show version of that would be and it's not <laughs> it's not great. I don't hmm. think it's great.
1: Um if there is one up and comer that's coming this that 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 has basically appeared since we did our first episode, it's Paramount Plus. And this is because Paramount Plus uh is owned by Paramount, obviously, and Paramount owns Channel Five. And this is a, and they are, and because of they they own Channel Five, Paramount Plus is pushing very quickly to launch a UK version of its streamer, and that means it's getting a lot of British streaming content very very quickly, um, and that m- most of that stuff has not appeared yet. Most of it will not appear until at least another year um but even so it is it is kind of the one to watch i guess like there are
0: interesting like what is it
1: getting um well there's flat share with uh jessica brown finlay oh right 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 um they have the gold which is a true crime caper about one of the most famous bank robberies or one of the most famous bank robberies in the in the uk in the 80s that's going to star hugh bonneville and charlotte spencer um they we have love them they're bringing in uh paramount plus has an australian arm and it's doing last king of the cross with ian mcshane
0: mm, he's not doing it anymore he switched out with someone and i forget who oh
1: okay um, which
0: made me really sad because i love ian mcshane
1: and uh, Brett Gelman is also going to be doing a show, which is actually going to go to Showtime, which is part of the, which is now moving under the Paramount Plus umbrella. In it's which, because they're
0: all owned by Viacom.
1: Yes, and with again, this is the kind of thing that you and I take for granted that people know. And if you don't know that, you would never know that that's why all those things go together. But it is, and it's unfair that that sort of vertical integration happens
0: i truly only know that because to use their press site to like get images off their press site it's the the word viacom is in the url that's the only reason i know
1: um uh but brett gellman is going to do a comedy called entitled where he's basically accidentally uh inherits his wife's estate in the uk after she's lived in america for all these years and he goes back and finds all these people living in genteel poverty in the estate begging him not to evict them okay right like, it's, it's by the Fleabag people. I know.
0: Oh. Um, All right. You have my attention. <laughs> you have
1: my attention. Um. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Paramount Plus is very much a one to watch. I wouldn't subscribe to it yet if you don't have it. But keep your eye on it. In a year or two, it's probably going to be a really big player. How, who else? Have I, ever, have I forgotten anybody? I'm sure I've forgotten things.
0: Uh, well, we haven't really talked about Amazon, oh, for God's um, <laughs> which I mean, the most unfortunate thing about Amazon, because they honestly have such a huge catalog of things. The uh, the worst part about it is that it's so hard. There's no, um, you know, like when you log into an app like Paramount Plus or Netflix or whatever, there's there's like a grid of things that right. pops up and you can kind of go through it. And Prime Video does not really have that in The same way, like the if you use like a Prime Video Roku app, it'll sort of do some of that customized algo stuff for you. But uh, I mean, if you're just trying to look on that on like your desktop browser, good luck,
1: yeah. Um, I find that, uh, so, um, full disclosure, my in laws all use uh Amazon Fires to basically get their internet or their, their streaming, and basically. Amazon is a bit like the Internet Explorer of streaming things. They use it to download other streaming services that they like better. And I find Ah. that to be hilarious and frustrating at the same time because Amazon has so much good stuff and they don't even know it. And, and you know, at least Internet Explorer, like it was a bad it was a bad like interface. So y- you understood why everyone used it to download Chrome and using using Amazon Fire to basically download Disney Plus when Amazon has so much stuff is like, oh, you're kidding. Um. Also, the thing about Amazon is that it, it makes it so you can download and get streaming services other ways that instead of having it through separate apps so that you can have it all in one place. So like stars has a streaming service stars is as we, we have talked or, about- or rather stars doesn't
0: have a streaming service so much in that it has an app the way HBO used to. So you can watch if you're a Stars subscriber, you can watch via streaming there's, it doesn't. It doesn't have like only things that are on the app. I don't think.
1: No, it's it's just everything that's on the stars channel. But you can, without having cable, subscribe to stars through Amazon and stream everything they have on TV. And that's the thing that Amazon also does that I think people don't realize. Like, if you don't want to have a BritBox app, you can subscribe to BritBox through Amazon and get all the BritBox stuff straight under your Amazon. Uh, your Amazon over over. Thing. Um, and that's that. That's true for a lot of streamers, including HBO and HBO Max, for the record.
0: Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a PBS on Masterpiece. Oh
1: yes, there is, and there's Amazon Ag- there's Channel P- as well, and PBS Kids, and PBs. like there's a bunch of those it's, PBS. Amazon
0: Kids. is neat, like which actually I think that's all a a really cool thing but it's just so needlessly confusing again Uh,
1: it's it's an attempt to try to rebundle after everything is sort of unbundled in the last decade and you know i see why amazon thinks that that's a good idea because eventually people will get sick of subscribing to 20 apps in order to get all their programming and
0: having to remember your password for all of them and to log back into all of them and to update them and re-download them and
1: yeah So eventually we are going to get everything bundled back together in a new version of call it streaming cable. Um, And that's what Amazon (laughs) that's what Amazon is trying to basically invent here. And I, I give them props for for being forward thinking and being forward looking. But at this point, it's a little early. You know, I think they're about 10 years early on that one. And that in 10 years when we when everything gets bundled back together and we all subscribe to streaming cable, it will be well posi- it will be well positioned for it, but it has to hold out until then. So just I don't know, keep buying whatever crap it is you buy from Amazon if you want to support them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um I will tell you that I have Amazon an Amazon Prime membership, not for the streaming, but for the 2-day shipping and the streaming is just kind of like a bonus. But they do really have some good stuff like you just have to find it like they were the ones that had the steve mcqueen uh i think they were sort of i don't even know what to call it It was it's called sort of like small mo-
1: acts and it was basically like a series of movies that were released yeah, I, was, I, was,
0: I was i was trying to come up with the word for like the series of movies that were connected on the <laughs> same themes but weren't the same film
1: yes <laughs> Um it was kind of a cross between movies and television. It was a very interesting it, it was a very interesting experiment honestly. Um as a, as trying to sort of merge movies and TV together. Like I actually thought it was very interesting sort of intellectually. Also the movies were all just really great, um which helped a lot. Like if they had all been sucky movies it would have been different.
0: Um I was and they have like they just I don't know they just have stuff that is is really interesting and kind of different. Like, granted this isn't British, but I am looking forward to the, like of their own show that they're doing. Cause I love that movie, but they have like the very, um, but in more of a, more of in our wheelhouse, they had the very British scandal and the very English scandal. They brought those over. One was much better than the other.
1: Um, um flea- I mean, that's where Fleabag originally, yeah. Fleabag originally came over there. Um, Honestly, like I know that all they push right now is the lord of the rings because they spent i believe a billion
0: dollars my, no my I, I little summer th- favorite the outlaws is an amazon
1: prime show that's true um no i believe that they spent half a billion dollars on season one uh, yeah so the lord of the rings is the thing they're going to push and if it's a flop there then i i don't know what's going to happen
0: whatever uh, bezos has a bajillion dollars, we're <laughs> The other thing, th- I mean, I said that as a joke, but I'm actually very serious. Much like Apple, Amazon has a lot of money. So their, um, their sort of window for taking swings at things is a lot larger than some other streamers. Because if it's not a huge success, it will suck, but it won't bankrupt the company. Yeah.
1: Whereas, um, you know, Netflix very famously got it, it has had, you know, basically sort of a, a stock tumbles because it spends and rounds the, and,
0: and rounds and rounds of layoffs. So because
1: like, it spends money like it is Amazon, but does not actually have it. And like and it does like honestly, like the Sandman is coming to Netflix because HBO took one look at that and said, we don't have that kind of money. I mean, when HBO looks at a show, when HBO, which spent how many millions of dollars on Game of Thrones and and House of the Dragon, looks at a show and goes, Haha, too rich for our blood, that's an expensive show.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, in in its defense, The Sandman looks great. Oh, yes, it does. They spent spent the money well, but they clearly spent some money.
1: Yeah. And I think that's why most of uh, Neil Gaiman's other shows are basically going to Amazon, because Amazon has the budget to do them can like like good omens yeah
0: well i mean and sandman is uh, good omens is nowhere near sandman in the sense that like every episode of the sandman is essentially a different show
1: i'm so mad you have screeners and i don't
0: the way that i mean just the way that the comics work is that every sort of episode or issue or however you want to you know break it down is a different story like one of them is set in the in the realm of the dreaming one of them is literally set in hell one of them is set in uh several iterations of a pub over centuries one of them is set in a diner and it's like a bottle episode in a diner so like they couldn't you know a lot of this is very inside baseball but like if you look at a show like star trek or something like they get they get away with spending money in other places because their sets are very similar and reusable so Mm. like when they go to an alien spaceship they can just use the enterprise set but
1: redress it like
0: you know as opposed to having to build whole new things for every episode which is essentially what i think the sandman did
1: never forget that riker showed up at the end of picard season one driving the discovery So, yeah, I think that basically kind of wraps up where we are in the world of streaming today. Um, we, I mean, we here at, at television, you know, we try and cover sort of a a, a plethora of, of the best that we can find. And sometimes we pick badly, like Time Traveler's Wife. Uh-huh. Um, but some, but I, I, I hope that we can keep bringing like the best of this stuff to you guys and sort of make it so that you know which streamers are the best for your money, because, you know, especially as prices are going to rise for things like Netflix and things like HBO Max, I think HBO Max is like 15 bucks. Or eighteen and it's gonna go up from there. Like I I know they're adding commercials and things to try to make cheaper ones, but honestly like, like
0: cheaper tiers.
1: Yeah, but honestly, like it's it it's expensive to try and have every single app. At this point, it actually I think costs more than a cable subscription to have every single app that's out there. And that's just not fair.
0: Yeah. Especially because like our time is finite. So Even if you you had every streamer, there's no way you could watch all the stuff on it. So we hope we could at least kind of point you in the direction of where the things that you would be most interested happen to reside. And I don't know. Hopefully. Fingers crossed.
1: Yeah. Life is short. Peak TV is vast. We'll try and parse it for you.
0: (laughs) We will do our best. If you have any thoughts, questions, commentary, rants about why certain shows move to certain streamers with no warning or apparent logic we would love to hear them we are televisions at weta.org send us an email maybe we'll read it on air
1: if you want to just geek out about streaming with me i'm so there
0: she please do that please (laughs) you don't even know like the the texts that i and slacks and emails that i get about this give her an outlet thank you um that is streaming services for anglophiles 2 uh, when will the third piece in this trilogy arrive? We don't know. Probably I'm going next with twenty twenty
1: four, summer of twenty twenty four if we're all still here. <laughs> uh,
0: fingers crossed. That was very hopeful. Okay <laughs> uh- <laughs> You tell the people where you live on the internet
1: uh you can find me at AnyBundle on twitter you can find me at miss Annie bundle on facebook you can find pictures of my adorably fuzzy cats at Anybundle on instagram i am a staff writer here and i also freelance around the web so if you want to know what i wrote this week just go to my twitter because that's where i retweet all of my bylines thanks huzzah
0: i am lacy mb on twitter that is l-a-c-y-m-b And like Annie, I write a lot here at Televisions and around the entertainment web. But I, too, always tweet my bylines. So be my friend and you'll find out whatever I'm yelling into the void about this week. If you just want the British stuff, the site and the pod are on social media at Tele underscore Visions on Twitter and Televisions blog, all one word on Facebook. You can also listen to this podcast uh, on WETA's YouTube channel, which is at WETA PBS. We are a product of WETA as you may have guessed from the fact that we reside on their YouTube channel. And if you like what we do, you can visit us at televisions.org and click on that donate button up top to help us keep doing it. We would be very appreciative, but if you, if you're not feeling exceptionally altruistic, altruistic, you can also get access to PBS passport that way, which will fill your viewing queue with all manner of early access, special binge opportunities like I was saying before shows that are maybe not airing in full on your station right now but you can watch them online such as Broadchurch it's a good deal we like it and use it ourselves (laughs) that was my attempt at an infomercial voice sorry (laughs) I don't know this has been a weird summer it will probably get weirder before it becomes less weirder we are glad you are all out there with us listening in the dark take care of yourselves take care of each other be nice to a stranger and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.